I remember one night sitting in the hot tub with uh, you and Lori and Angie, and we were just talking about, hey, where are we going to be in a few years? We said, is it going to be Ohio? Is it going to be Florida was on the, the mark? Is it going to be Tucson? And we had this little kind of straw Las, Las Vegas and something. Las Cal. Vegas and something, yep. And I think at the time, one of us had Tucson, a couple of us had Orlando. Three, had Orlando. three Orlando and one Tucson. We were all wrong. So why would two guys leave comfortable jobs, move across the country, and start a business in an industry they don't know, a place they don't know, and could it be successful? We're Dale and Brian Carmi. Join us as we share our story and inspire you to become people of impact. Welcome to the Impact Without Limits podcast. Did you ever imagine what if? And if you did, what did you do with it? Welcome to the Impact Without Limits podcast. We talked last week about this restlessness we felt. And you asked the question, what if? Um, you know, I, we had ended last week with an email. I sent an email saying, hey, this would be killer, killer in, in the, the desert. desert it was kind of a what if. I think you took it a little more <sighs> than I, I just thought this would be a great idea. You thought I was saying... It's a great idea for us. Yeah. It, it, it's kind of funny uh, as this plays out. I thought you were sending me this as, hey, look at this. This is something we should do. This would be killer in the desert southwest. I think you had intended it maybe more as just a comment. This would be killer in the desert southwest. Uh, be that as it may, I took it as a what if. And we were we were living in the world of what ifs. I think the year leading up to this, uh, what if we left our jobs? What if we started something different? Uh, Brian, you and your wife, Angie, uh, Lori, my wife, and, and myself, we had all been talking about doing something different, talking about what it might look like. We, we you know, uh, don't want to rehash the whole last session, but different ideas, different investments, different opportunities. But it was things we were looking together as couples and as a couple of couples. And we were asking that question, what if, what would it look like? And when I got that email from you, that really resonated. And um, we're going to talk this, you know, this week about what we did with that. Yeah. And you've always been an idea guy. I remember uh, growing up, uh, you know, you were a little bit older than me, about 10 years older than me, 11, I guess. Um, and I remember mom used to always tell me, she thought for sure you were going to work for a uh, a board game a company, toy creating company. a toy company, creating <laughs> board games. You always had ideas. You always had this, uh, this, I guess, sense of adventure. And so enter this email, Hey, this, this would be killer in the desert Southwest. And, and I remember coming down to your house. Uh, we got together frequently lived about an hour apart. Um, yeah, it, was worked together. About, it was probably about two weeks after yep. you sent that email. And I remember walking in and you said, Hey, do you think any more about that Astrolon thing? And Astrolon was the company uh that was in the article that i sent and i i said no i really didn't <laughs> and it started this conversation and started this what if question and we thought maybe we should explore it a little bit and so we started talking a little bit the next thing we know we're making a phone call to astralon or to the company that owned astralon and asking kind of some what if questions and and it was almost a joke yeah, the, but almost serious. It, it was. I remember us going back and forth. Um, 
I was like, well, well, no, I didn't think about it. I said, well, I've kind of been thinking about it. You know, what do you think? And and it was, hey, what if we called the company? I was like, sure, let's call them. And, and like you said, it was a little bit of one of those, well, let's just have some fun with this. But deep down, I think each of us were maybe just a little bit hoping, hey, I wonder if there'd really be something here. So we did it. We made the call. And we uh, we talked to um, Robert from Astralon and uh, ask him, you know, I guess all the questions you'd typically ask if you're inquiring about an artificial turf company, do people really do this? Um, do they put it in their yards? How, how much, much money can we make? How much money can we make? How much does the grass weigh? How do you install it? We just, you know, we peppered him with all these questions. Um, I, I don't know. It was maybe a half hour, 45 minute call. And I remember getting off and it was just like, Oh my goodness. This call that maybe started a little bit as a joke, a little bit as, as a tease. There could really be something here. Yeah. And I think one of the takeaways from there is it never hurts to explore the what if, right? That phone call didn't cost us anything. It didn't hurt to ask the what if and to start the questions. And the next thing we know, they're sending a sample of this Astroline product. Oh, that was a beautiful what sample. What a gorgeous sample <laughs> was. It came in a, a one foot by one foot box. It looked like a pizza box. It looked like box. a pizza box. And you'd open a this thing up. little piece of turf glued down to the bottom of the box. We, I don't even think we could pull it out, right? <laughs> yeah, well, we kept it in the box. And looking back on it, that <clears throat> was probably a pretty ugly piece of plastic grass. But at the time, it looked beautiful. It was beautiful. It was opportunity. And so we started, you know, this information that we get off this phone call and looking at this sample and asking the what-if questions and, and always in the back of our mind thinking of these homes in the Southwest that were painting gravel green in beautiful homes and thinking somebody would pay for this. And so we started to work through some spreadsheets and, you know, coming out of the computer industry, we could do spreadsheets. And and I'll tell you, you can make Life anything. Life is good work. in a spreadsheet. Or anything. There's, Yeah. <laughs> The the spreadsheets um, always you can always make them well, show look, what you want. If you want. get to the bottom line, that's not quite right. You just go up and tweak one little cell. That's right. Oh, we just and, had to raise our price slightly. Look at that, presto, we are profitable. Money. <clears throat> and I remember we were talking about where to go and where to live and and what to do. And one of the th one of this the funny things on these spreadsheets is we had built a spreadsheet that had us starting a business in Las Vegas, Las Vegas, yep. flying back and forth on a weekly basis. And somehow we thought that we were going to be profitable. We were going to fly doing. out on Monday morning. We were going to work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, fly home on Thursday night through a red eye, <laughs> be back Friday. We'd be home Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then do it again. Yeah, that and spreadsheet that, that, that might actually, not have been reality. It actually made sense to us at the time. Yeah. But this this what if just kept rolling in the back of our minds. And, and even... You know, uh, later, uh, another month or two, we went up to New York together on a, a consulting trip. And we were working with a, a high-end property management company up there that manages some of the, manages some of the uh, skyscrapers and towers up there. And we were working through some ideas with them. But everywhere we would go, we would see artificial, artificial grass or at least opportunity. And I, I use the example. It's like the old Tootsie Roll commercial. That wherever I go, I think, or whatever it is, I think I see, it becomes, becomes a Tootsie Roll. Yep. And look over here at, outside this little uh, bistro and think, oh, it's a great place for grass. Here's a tree well. Oh, we could put artificial grass there. Oh, on this rooftop. Rooftops. It would go there. And we just started seeing opportunity everywhere. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of times, Brian, um, 
you see what you want to see. And we were looking for opportunity. We were looking for reasons this grass might work. Not not even intentionally, but I think subconsciously. And so our mind and our vision went and and was seeing all the things that where this would work, why it would work, how it would work. And if we had come at this from a negative perspective, I think we would have been seeing all the reasons it wouldn't work, all the challenges, all the, oh, people are throwing cigarette butts on the grass. What are the street sweepers going to do? They're going to throw all this dirt on, right? We could have seen the the negative side. Um, We were fortunate enough or blessed enough to see the positive side as we were looking. Um, I also wanted to go back. I wanted to say something. We were talking about the what if. The thing we did, and again, I don't know if it was intentional, but we asked the what if question, but then we took action, right? We picked up the phone. We made the call. Um, we, we engaged as we went to New York, we, we were looking and, and, um, I don't know if that vision is action, but we were looking again for that opportunity. But while we were in New York, there's another interesting story that comes out of that New York trip related to the, um, the real estate company we, we were talking about. You want to, let's, yeah, just, let's talk just real quick. And that. then this is kind of an aside from our foreverland journey, but oh, it's kind of a, it, it's microcosm. a big part of a life journey and, and, yeah. and kind of defines, who we are and what we did, but but who you can be. Yeah, so we're in New York City. This is six months after uh, 9-11. Uh, I remember we were actually there the night that they lit Turned up those the beams of light uh, at, at the uh, ground zero. Um, but we were working with this property management company. And, and again, the internet is new at this time. And there was this idea of, wow, if we could send out electronic statements. So we worked with a software that they could print all these um, invoices and statements for all the leaseholders out of, and they had to mail paper copies of them. And the question was, man, could you, could you, <laughs> could you imagine if we could create a way to do this electronically and email these statements out? Is it crazy to think that was just 20 years ago? And we were asking that question. Yes, it is. But at the time, nobody was doing that. And so we started looking at it and said, yeah, we can do it. Now, had we had any experience doing it before? No. Did we know exactly how we were going to get it no, done? No, I, I want to go back. I just, I just want to, because I love this story. You you glossed over it a little bit, but so we go to New York City. Here's Brian and me. Brian, you were 25. I was 25 at the time. I was 35. Um, and, and we, I think we had our cousin with us. Did no. I, no, it was no, just the two of us. two of us. Okay. But we, we, we go up to this, I don't know what building, but skyscraper, we're up a whole bunch of floors and we're in this palatial office and we're sitting in this conference room. We have this team come in from this large real estate company and they start explaining what they want to do. And we're sitting there um, uh, listening to their questions and answering them. And they're like, uh, you know, is this something you guys can do? And like, Brian, you know, you just asked me, Brian, we said, oh yeah, we can do this. And you know, very confident. Yeah, we can get this done. Absolutely. And then there was a break and they all stepped out of the room and we were looking at each other and we're like, how in the world are we going to do this? We just told them we can do this. We have no idea what we're doing, what we're talking about. Um, And we were kind of laughing. And then we heard this mechanical sound and we looked and there's a TV camera in the corner of the conference room. And it was kind of rotating around the room. We're like, oh, my goodness. Are they watching us? <laughs> so we were definitely being filmed. I don't think anybody I was watching. Was I think audio. it was just a security camera. But the the uh, the thing here is 
even though we had no idea how to do it and we didn't know what we would do, we believed we could figure it out. And there's a certain can-do attitude there. And, and, and this, again, applies to all areas of life. But um, you don't always know how to do what you're going to need to do or what you have to do. You figure it out. Yeah, and it wasn't that we wanted to overpromise. We never oh, no. wanted to, to put something out there that we couldn't deliver on. We'd always rather underpromise and overdeliver. But at the same time, we had a confidence that even though we didn't know exactly how to do something, we had a confidence in our ability to figure it out. And it's kind of like if if somebody can create the statement electronically, can that be done? Yes. Do we know how to do email? Yes. Uh, do we, can, can we just, we just have to take a few pieces and put them together. And so we confidently said, yeah, we can do this. And we gave him a price that at the time seemed like a ton of money. Looking back on it, we way undersold, <laughs> we undersold it, but we left there and over the next, I think three months, yeah. two months, we made it happen and we, we didn't have the answer. We didn't know how to do it. So we pulled in our cousin, Mark, we pulled in Danny who uh, will show up in this story later as well. Uh, but we started putting together this solution and we did deliver. We wowed this customer. We gave them more than what they paid for. Uh, but it was a willingness of us to say yes before we had all the answers, yeah. before we knew exactly what we were doing. It's a step out on faith, right? Absolutely. So that was that was a, a really neat story. And for us, a galvanizing moment uh, in terms of developing our confidence in ourselves to provide solutions, um, which would serve us well as we're getting ready, as we're exploring the idea of starting a turf company we know nothing about, uh, winding up in a city we didn't know anybody at, and doing a business we'd never been in business before, we didn't know how to do that. Um, so that that solution we provided to that customer in New York was kind of a microcosm of what we do on a larger scale with our turf company. So. <clears throat> While we're doing this, um, we come back from New York and, and and we're engaging in this search for opportunity with this artificial turf. And we um, we had identified Phoenix as the place we'd probably want to go. And we quickly found out they had there was a dealer in Phoenix. Yeah, we called Astralon. And across the whole country, they had they said to they said really, really one, one dealer. And it was in the one place we wanted to go. But um, – we said, hey, let's explore this. So we started working through our spreadsheets and we decided, let's go out and meet this dealer in Phoenix and see what they're doing. So we get Angie and Lori, we jump on a plane and we head out to Phoenix to visit the first Astralon dealer in the country. Yeah, we wanted to go see an install. Uh, as it turns out, we got there and um, she didn't have the turf. They're supposed think, to have to do the install. I don't so. think they had done quite as much business as we so, had hoped. So we didn't get to see an install happen. We did get to see a, a little test area they'd installed by their warehouse. That was it. So our exposure to the world of artificial grass was still pretty limited. But then we made a trip down to Tucson because she was in Phoenix. We thought, well, we could we could get down to Tucson. And we stumbled across this um, large development uh, that was happening called Saurita. And I don't know, they had something like 5,000 homes. They were set up there, big um, common area with uh, a workout center out and all the stuff they put in these places. And there was going to be another fifteen or 20,000 homes that were going to be added there over the coming years. And, it, man, that kind of came alive to us. We, we started looking at all the homes, all the small yards, all the opportunity. 
Uh, we yep. believed we could build our entire business off that one community. We thought we saw opportunity in New York, where everywhere we looked, we saw turf popping up. I mean, out here, um, I mean, our spreadsheets ran wild. I mean, we had us selling millions of square feet in this one place and really making uh, enough for an entire living just in this this one development. Um, and, and, you know, it might have been a little bit of... Uh, oversire we might have maybe made it bigger than it really was because we never ended up selling grass there that i'm aware of but um it was really a question of vision and it was our ability to see not just what was but what could be and i think that is uh was really important in in everything we did so we're looking at uh tucson as a possibility we're not even sold on this artificial grass thing at this at this point we think that's a good idea but we're still right. bouncing we around other ideas. We certainly weren't committed and we we're chasing other ideas, but I think we both had Yeah. Like if we were weighing it on scales, it turf was, was turf was the leading. Yeah. The leading but option. I remember one night sitting in the hot tub with uh you and Lori and Angie and we were just talking about, hey, where are we gonna be in a few years? And we said, Is it gonna be Ohio? Is it gonna be Florida was on the, the mark? Is it gonna be Tucson? And we had this little kind of Straw Las Bowl. Vegas and Southern Las Cal. Vegas and Southern, yep. And I think at the time, one of us had Tucson, a couple of us had Orlando, three had Orlando. Three Orlando and one Tucson. We were all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, uh, here, here's one thing I want to make sure I, I, I hit on this is we were, we were analyzing things from a business perspective. We were looking at opportunities. We were analyzing different markets. But uh, being being men of faith, we also spent a lot of time in prayer. prayer. Prayer alone, prayer together, and prayer with our wives. Just trying to determine. Remember, we're coming back to this idea of purpose. And what in the world does artificial turf have to do with a purpose? How's that any different than um, being a software consultant or, or being anything else we might have been? So we were kind of looking for guidance and looking for uh, direction, and I think we continued to get it. We not look for me. It's never like I, I hear God announce something. This is what you're supposed to do, but you get leadings. You, you, you things are revealed to you, and, and we really felt okay. Uh, this turf thing is is kind of rising to the top. This is what we're going to do. Um, where do we end up? And like you said, we. For the most part, we thought it'd be Orlando, possibly Tucson. But then we come back from this trip. The reason Tucson fell off the map, when we got off the plane, what was the temperature? I think like, it was 100 at midnight. I think it was 100, 100 degrees. degrees. Um, and our wives pretty quickly said, yeah, this isn't going to work. So although we saw tons of opportunity at Tucson, it wasn't necessarily a place that our families wanted to live. So we get back uh, home. That was around Memorial Day. We get back to Ohio and... And we got an interesting phone call from Astralon. Yeah. So we started talking about, you know, areas that, that could possibly be interesting. There was Southern California. We really didn't want to live in Southern California or Vegas at the time. And, uh, you know, the, the question that came up is, uh, from Astralon, what about Albuquerque? And a little embarrassed to say at the time, I didn't even know what state Albuquerque was in. It's New Mexico, by the way. Yeah, And it's part of the U.S. And New Mexico is a state. Yes. Uh, sometimes when we moved back to Ohio, people thought we were immigrating from Mexico when we said we lived in Albuquerque, but, um, and it was something not on our radar at all, but we were willing to investigate the possibility. And I think, you know, we, we talked through this podcast, we want to share our journey, but again, we want you to see yourselves through this story. And, and I think 
the the takeaway for me in this was the idea of stepping out on faith. And maybe we didn't see the end of the road, but we felt like, hey, there's enough information to take that next step, to take that step of, hey, let's explore artificial turf. And then we're exploring artificial turf and, hey, maybe let's explore Albuquerque and just take it a step at a time. Yeah. I mean, we opened with the question, what if, and we've talked about the last 20 minutes, a series of what if questions we were faced with. And I know there were times in my life when I've had what if questions and that's where it ends. You just ask a question and you don't really do anything about it. And and I'm not saying every time you have a question, you should act on it. But we chased possibilities here. We didn't just ask the question. Well, we put action to it. We put things in motion. And um, you had a comment in the in the book. Um, yeah, it's just it's another what if question, but it's the what if we feared regret as much or more than we feared failure. I think so often we fear this failure and so we're afraid to take a step forward and and we end up with inaction. And really, if we feared the regret of not doing something, of what we're missing out on, as much as we feared the potential for failure, man, I think we could do great things. And honestly, that's a conversation I just had with, with one of my daughters. We were going through a situation. She's trying to make a decision on what she's supposed to do and we framed it in, which, you know, very rarely do people regret doing something. Often yes. they regret the inaction of not doing something. Yeah, that's that's very well said. So uh, we just encourage you guys as you're um, facing questions in your life, as you're facing challenges in your life, as you're looking at how you can become a person of impact, to be willing to step out on faith, imagine what's possible, and then be willing to act on it. If you do those things, you will become people of impact and you will make a difference in the lives of those around you. And as we go through this podcast, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can check out our website. You can go to foreverland.com slash podcast. There, there'll be links in the show notes or email us at podcast at foreverland.com and just share some feedback on you know what, uh, what things are you going through? What are challenges that you're trying to determine? Uh, what's the best path forward? What are the what if questions? that are in your life right now. Uh, Enjoy your week. Go make an impact and we'll talk to you shortly. See you next week. This is the Fred Carmi reminding you that faith looks up, hope looks ahead, and love looks all around to see whom it can help. Good day.